Ancient Hebrew Bible writers spoke about a tremendous civilization, a technologically advanced civilization that was blotted off the face of the earth, wiped out by a tremendous flood. Jesus Christ, the founder of Christianity, believed in this concept. Our program today is going to talk about the days of Noah and the tremendous flood and the parallel with our own day right now. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. Now, over here we've got the last day. Now this line here will represent the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that is the last day. Right there, right there. We've repeated it. The last day, the last day, the second coming. Now the Bible says, and I'm, I'm fixing to show you this. <laughs> the Bible says that a little while before this happens. Now this is the day of grace, right here now. We are living in a time of grace, which means the mercy of God. We are not saved by our, by our works. We are saved by the marvelous grace of God. You see? But the Bible says, before the last day comes, before the second coming of Jesus comes, it says this in the book of Revelation, a voice says, he who is holy, let him be holy. He who is filthy, let him be filthy. And behold, I am coming soon. Now, I want you to notice here where it talks about the day of grace. What does it mean when it says the day of grace? It means this, simply this. If you and I tonight decide that we are going to be Christians, God says, I accept you. If you and I tonight have come into here with our lives polluted by sin and we haven't had faith in God and all of a sudden God talks to us tonight and He is talking to us. And God says to me tonight, I want you to be my child. And I say, God, you're coming through. I can hear you tonight, Lord, you're coming through. And I listen to God tonight and I respond to God tonight, I am brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and the Bible says, I am saved by grace. You get that? Saved by grace, not saved because I'm good enough, but because Jesus Christ is good enough. That's why I will be saved. God doesn't forgive my sins because I am a righteous person. If I were a righteous person, I would not need to confess my sins. The Bible says we are all sinners. Did you know that? That's the hardest thing for Christians to believe, particularly people who go to church. Why? People who go to church are perfectly prepared to concede that the communists in Russia are sinners. Aren't they? But listen, 
The Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the Bible says, even though all have sinned, Christ died for all. You see, and today is the day of grace. And if you and I are moved tonight by the Holy Spirit and we say, I want to be a Christian. I want to get victory over sin. And I want to have my problems solved. And I want to have a relationship with God. God says, all right, let's do it tonight. That's grace. We are living in an era of grace. Have I made that plain? Grace is not always going to be around. I want you to come now to the text that proves that. I want you to come to page 960, Matthew 24 and verse 37. Please turn with me, if you don't mind, to Matthew 24 verse 37 that means you please turn to it page 960 Matthew 24 verse 37 Matthew 24 verse 37 where Jesus gives a parallel to the days of Noah Matthew 24 verse 37 you know it's great to see such a large audience on Saturday night and people doing the unheard of thing on Saturday night of looking up Bible texts isn't that something Matthew 24 verse 37 it's as good as going to the Rangers isn't it what they're called better better than going to the Rangers oh can I tell you folks something I went and saw the Rangers for the first time a little while ago. I thought they were terrific. Really did. I don't understand what they were trying to do, but I thought it was good. <laughs> Matthew 24. Have you folk ever played cricket? Never played cricket? You've never played cricket? Never mind, don't worry. We haven't always had... Well, no, I won't say any more. But I, I thought what the Rangers were doing, running around back and forth I thought it was pretty good you know the problem with cricket that's an English game do you know how long a game of cricket takes to get over several hours often a week when you get a sticky wicket no no just when they're playing normally often takes a week the audience often goes to sleep you know <laughs> anyhow let's get to this text here we're slightly off the track we're going to talk about Noah. He didn't play cricket either. <laughs> Matthew 24, verse 37. You ready? The Bible says, Jesus says, But as the days of Noah were, so, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Let me read that again because I want that to sink down. But as the days of Noah were, I believe in Noah. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, in the flood. I don't know how you feel about that in this part of the world, but I am a creationist. I believe that God made the human race. I believe that. I believe that that gives me a purpose to existence. People say, do you understand it? No, I don't understand it. But there's a lot of things I don't understand. But I believe in creation. I also believe in the concept of the great deluge. I believe there was a great civilization that perished. I believe it. Do you know why I believe it? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you basically why I believe it. I believe it because Jesus did. 
And I can't think of a better reason, can you? I figure that a person who follows Jesus ought to believe what Jesus taught. You see? So if Jesus believed it, I may not have all the scientific answers. I think I've got some very good ones. But my friend, there's something more important as far as, far as I'm concerned, and that is what did the Son of God say about this? And so Jesus says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus said, do you really want to know what it's going to be like in the last days? Jesus said, do you want to know what it's going to be right at the very end of time? Jesus said, if you want to know what it's going to be like, go back to the days of Noah. Go and see what happened in the days of Noah. And if you see what happened in the days of Noah, and if you go to the prophets, you will see what it's going to be like in the last day. Now, for, for a few moments, notice what happened in the days of Noah. Come to page 5, Genesis 6, verses 5 to 8. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. Please turn up the passage. Genesis 6. Verses 5 to 8, notice every text. You need to see it, please. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 down to 8. Genesis 6. We are going to notice a remarkable, remarkable parallel between the days of Noah and the last days in the history of the human race. Please notice it. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 down to 8. You folk ready to go? Here it is. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Sounds a bit like today, doesn't it? Yeah. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. People had got bad. And the Lord was sorry that he'd made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. God was a father and God was hurt. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I made them. My friend, it must have been bad. God had made these people. And they had become now a great race of tens of millions. Some say hundreds of millions were populated all over the, over the earth. This was not some little inferior civilization. Some people believe with great validity and strong, powerful arguments that this was a mighty, sophisticated civilization. And they were there right around the earth. And they were there by the hundreds of the millions. And the Bible says they had degenerated into a race of lawbreakers. They were willingly breaking the commandments of God. But God had a man. He always does. Verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now look, let me come over here to the blackboard. The Bible says that now is the day of grace. We talked about that, didn't we? We are living in the time of grace. And the Bible says also that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now listen. 
I know some of my dear Christian friends believe that back there in the days of the Old Testament, there was no grace. That is not what the Bible says. Though I believe in grace from Genesis right through to Revelation. I don't believe that God changes. I don't believe that God is fickle. I don't believe that God, my friend, deals with man in different ways. I believe in the one God right through, and I believe in grace. I believe that Adam was saved by grace. Yes, he was saved by grace. I believe that Moses was saved by grace. I believe that Daniel was saved by grace. And the Bible says Noah was saved by grace. Now you need to be very clear on that point because there are people who are going to come and say to you, they were not saved by grace. They were saved by what they did. No man will ever be saved by what he did. Because none of us can do enough. So, the earth is bad. The earth is wicked. And there is a man saved by grace. Like you and I are saved tonight. You see? It's always the same. Now, notice what happens. Notice what happens, please. Come now to chapter 7. And the Lord, chapter 7. That's good. Turn to the text. Don't miss these meetings coming up on the Antichrist. I'm repeating it, repeating it, because it is tremendously important. The most important meetings you're ever going to hear. Ever, 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 ever. Genesis 7. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, Noah. You and your household. Mrs. Lot? Uh, rather, Mrs. Noah. I don't know how I got Mrs. Lot in there. She's completely out of context. And a text without a context is a pretext. So Mrs. Lot in there is a pretext. We'll get her straight out. She's out. Removed. Get out of there. So we got Mrs. Lot out of the ark. She can drown. Had no right to be there. The Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and Mrs. Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their ladies, and all your household, because I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. They were righteous because they were saved by grace. That's the only way you can get righteous. You can't get righteous by your works. Then verse 4 says, God said, also, you notice they take in all these animals. It must have been quite a show, all those animals. For after seven more days, I will cause it to rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. When a person is saved by grace, he will obey what God tells him to do. Don't forget that. When you're saved by grace, you do what God says and you don't argue. And then come down a little further, verse 10. It came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. Now verse 16. So 
those who entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. And then the text is significant because it says, and who shut him in? What does it say? It says, the Lord shut him in. Now that's interesting, isn't it? It doesn't say that he cranked down the door. It doesn't say he pulled down the door and locked it. It says, the Lord shut him in. But notice, my friend, they went into the ark. And what happened? Well, we've read the text. Verse 4 says, after seven more days, I will cause it to rain. So notice this as I come over here to the blackboard. And notice the parallel between the last day and the days of Noah. Now this line here is going to represent the days of Noah. Now we've got a little mixed up around here, but don't worry. Just think of the cross-eyed discus thrower. Now, there we've got our day, and there is the day of Noah. The Bible says they went into the ark. And what happened? The Bible says, this is not what John Carter says, the Bible says the door was shut. God shut the door. Noah didn't shut the door. God came down. God shut the door. And they are inside that ark for a little period of waiting until the last day. Can you get the scene? Outside, all the scoffers, all the people saying, what's it like in there, Noah? What's it like with the camels and the goats? You old goat. That's what they would have said. What's it like in there, Noah? How long are you going to stay there, Noah? There's no rain, Noah. You're a false prophet, Noah. The Bible, you can't believe it. You can't believe the prophets. God is so good that the world is never going to come to an end. It's the birds are always going to be singing in the trees and the sky is always going to be full of, of I was going to say flowers, full of birds. The grass, the grass, the grass. That's what you call the gift of tongues. The grass, the grass is always going to be green, they said. And seven days went by, friend. And every day that went by, the more boastful, the more arrogant became the crowd. But on the seventh day, God kept his word. And there was a rumble as the clouds came up. And then the heavens were split in two. And the rain came down. And it came down in floods. And the people now came repentant and beat upon the door. And they said, let us in, Noah. Now we believe. We believe now, Noah. Open up the door. Let us in. Not even Noah could open up that door because God had shut that door. And my friend, I want to tell you tonight this. If you are fixing to get ready for the coming of Jesus, when he's coming, it'll be too late. 
because the Lord will have shut the door. I want to tell you something. If the coming of the Lord is near, if it is, and if mercy should suddenly close for the human race, I say it to you tonight. I say it so sincerely because I mean it. If the door of mercy were to close tonight for you or for me, how is it with your soul? Is it well with your soul tonight? And so they were shut in. At the end of time, a little while before the end, the door of mercy is going to close. And then the Bible says, after the door of mercy closes, the plagues come upon the human race. They are graphically described in the most colorful language in Revelation chapter 16. Notice them briefly with me. Revelation 16, verse 1. Now we're, we're going to touch on a few highlights here. One night I'll spend a, a whole evening on this chapter. Verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So the first went, poured out his bowl upon the earth, a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Listen, very, very soon in this place, I'm going to talk about the beast, the image of the beast, the mark of the beast, and tell you what it means. You ought to be here. Oh, you ought to be here. Come down to verse 8. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, Power was given to him to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched with great heat. They blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. Then you come down a little further. Verse 15, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Jesus is coming, you see. Verse 16, They gathered them together to a place that is called in Hebrew, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Just like Jesus cried out, It is done. So he cries out the second time, It is done. This is it. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and there was a great earthquake. Such a mighty and great earthquake as has not occurred since men were on the earth. And the great city, the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. New York, Rome, Moscow. And this place too. The cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away. Try to picture it. The islands fleeing away and the mountains were not found. And great hail from heaven fell upon man. Every hailstone about the weight of a talent or a hundred pounds. 
And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was, the Bible says, exceeding great. Not just great. Exceeding great. Now listen. Sometimes on an occasion like this, I almost feel desperate. I'll tell you why. I have a conviction, and that conviction is right in here. I have that conviction that these great events are going to happen soon. I believe that. You know, when you run meetings like these, because there are so many religious frauds, charlatans, people ask legitimately, why are you running the meetings? Is it to make money? Listen, friend, I want to tell you something. I tell you this. We're running these meetings, and I'm taking these meetings because I believe that the day of mercy is almost over for the human race. That's why I believe it. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon. That's the reason. And I want, with all that is within me, to help people to get home into the Father's house. That's why. I want you there. And the payoff tonight is this, that before he comes, the door of the ark is going to close and grace is going to be history. We've got grace tonight, but grace will not always be here. The Bible prophet said in the Old Testament, the day was going to come, yea, even in America when the rich would throw their money in the streets in the last day. I want you to turn to that text where it talks about the rich throwing their money in the street. Come over here to page 804. 804. Ezekiel 7, verse 1 and 2. Ezekiel 7. Notice verse 2. Notice verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, thus saith the Lord God to the land of Israel, An end. The end has come upon the four corners of the land. Now the end has come upon you. Come to verse 15. Here it talks about the great war that breaks out just before Jesus comes. The sword is outside, and the pestilence and famine within. They're the plagues. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword. Whoever is in the city, famine and pestilence will devour him. Verse 19, I don't know any words more graphic, more solemn, more moving than these words. Here they are, verse 19. They will throw their silver into the streets. And their gold will be like refuse. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. 
They will not satisfy their souls nor fill their stomachs because it became their stumbling block of iniquity. The Bible says that in the last days that the wealthy in America and Australia and Britain and Europe and around the world in the day of God's wrath they are going to take their silver and their gold and they're going to walk out in the streets and they're going to throw it down and nobody is going to stop and the wind is going to come and pick up the dollar bills and blow them down the street and nobody's going to care. <laughs> 